0: Thank you. All right, guys, welcome back to Revive School. Here we are in Lesson 59, Psalms 70 through 71. And, you know, Kevin, the question is, is how do you know which one to pick, right? How do you know? Do you know, is it Psalm 70 where David is calling for a a time of deliverance to the Lord? Or is it in Psalm 71 where we don't even know the age or we don't know the age? Well, we know who, it's an old person, (laughs) but we don't even know at this context, um, like who it is. So we just thought we'd run with Psalm 71, the unknown author. We've done a ton of Davidic uh, Psalms. And so, and honestly, I, I just, I'm intrigued by, I'm intrigued by this Psalm. You'll see where we're going to go today. Uh, but let's just assume for the context, because we don't really know. When you look at your, uh, when you look at your Bible, Psalm 71 it says, God's help in old age. How would we define old age, guys? Great question. Rich? Nope. <laughs> Gavin? Uh, not yet. Let's just fire up some people. What would be like retirement age, quote unquote, in America? Sixty-five, I guess I would say. So sixty-five. Possibly. But I wouldn't say that's old. I, okay. So less does it have to be older? Yeah. You guys just don't want to get in trouble. I would say I would say seventy or above. You probably should consider yourself as of a more mature generation. Ah, that's good. Here's why I like this. Okay. I like this song for a couple of reasons. It engages the circumstances of life. But what I really like is, and I think this is a cool picture that Nelson's commentary says, it says, at the time that this man, this older individual thinks he should be exempt from trouble just because he's older, he's actually personally being attacked. So it's kind of like, you know, once you've worked your way through the seasons of life, you're like, ah, I can breathe. In this context, like it's still not happening. He still has to find, ready this? He still has to find his confidence and his refuge, his trust in the Lord. So no matter how old this person is, young or old, this man, can I just say the old man shows us he's got to trust in the Lord. Okay, I, I have a theory. I've done a couple studies of how this person would define old. This is going to be great. Rich Rich.Goodwin at AOL.com. Um, is it may, maybe just so you guys know, again, we don't even know, Kevin, if this is a song, like in a sense of like for the choir director. Now we know that the Psalms are meant to be sung, but we don't have anything except God's help in old age. All right. So in the first four verses, Warren Wearsby says, the Lord helps me now. In verses 1 through 4. So, Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. So there's going to be a theme on the book end. We're going to get to this at the very end. the very beginning, he talks about, I don't want to be put to shame. Like, I don't want to be disgraced. I don't want to be put to shame. And how this happens, <coughs> excuse me, is when I seek refuge in you. When I trust in you. And truly trusting in God, like, that never becomes foolish. That never gets... Old. Anybody else? I thought that was funny. That was no, it's terrible. Mm. Can you guys go to Psalm 119, verse 31? I thought that was actually pretty good. Psalm 119, 31. I cling to your decrees, Lord. Do not put me to shame. What you're going to see is, is on the very, very, very beginning, Like this is the context. He does not want to be disgraced. He's not want to put to shame. And at the end, he's going to ask for his enemies to actually be disgraced, to be put to shame. And so this is the backdrop of Lord, help me now. And then you're going to start seeing a picture unfold. He says in verse two, in your justice, rescue and deliver me. Listen closely to me and save me. I think he probably got all the words in there that we talked about yesterday, remember? Rescue me, deliver me, hear me, listen closely to me and save me. Like God, in your righteousness, in your justice, that's the same language that we're talking about. Five times he references this. In this, like, Lord, I want to continue to see you move in my my life. He's not only concerned, I like what Nelson's commentary says about this. He's not only concerned with his own plight, his own situation, but also the character of God. So it's almost like, for your sake, will you save me? (laughs) It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of, hey, for your reputation, for your character. And then he begins to describe him in a couple ways. He says, I want you to be, I'll just write these three words on here. Refuge, rock and fortress. He says, be a rock of refuge for me where I can always go. Give the command to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. You know, we have talked about this secret place. We have talked about this over and over in the book of Psalms. But I like this image of be a rock of refuge for me where I can always go. It's almost like uh, like it's your kids. They always know, Lord willing, they can always run to you. Like wherever they're at, like if they get lost in the store or like they they're just, they're running to you. Like the image should be for us. We can always be running to him. Even if the prodigal son story. I mean, what, he asked for the inheritance. You know, the older brother gets mad. The prodigal son runs away. He spends all of his money. By the end, he's, you know, he's he's looking for pig food. He's participating with the pig food. And then he he comes back. We always, we always, always, always need to know you can always come back to him. I can always. There's a phrase there for me that always, it just sticks out. It just says, always. So, Kevin, in all seriousness, okay, let's just, couple scenarios, okay? Somebody on our team uh, gets drunk and they have a major issue in alcoholism. This is not the case. Um, like, as a team, we should always say, we, we want to work with you. It doesn't mean that they might not need time off, you know, to get things. But, but I feel like when people go through situations, even if it's so drastic, like being an alcoholic or an affair or, you know, embezzling money, Or can I even say maybe even murdering somebody? Like people still need to know that they can always come to the Lord because God is in the business of redeeming people, but God is always in the business of welcoming people. And so I just, I don't know. I just just feel like when I read this, the Lord help me now mentality, like you have to actually believe that God wants to help you. I think some people go through rock bottom situations and they don't realize that God wants to be that refuge for them. So what do they do? They look at for everything else. They continue on in gambling. They continue on in drinking. They continue on with, you know, the affairs. They continue on. What, whatever the scenario is, you need to realize that's not the answer. The answer is, is always coming to him as your refuge. Lord, help me now. This is an older person, you guys, who has been through this process and he knows where to turn to. And he says in verse four, deliver me, my God, from the power of the wicked. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of the situation from the grasp of the unjust and the oppressive. In other words, I like this deliver me mentality. This this mentality is like, allow me to escape, actually, to cause me to escape. Allow me to break through this mentality. If you go to Psalm 17, verse 13. You know, and here's here's a true picture. Let me read this first. Rise up, Lord, confront him, bring him down with your sword. Save me from the wicked. There is a real picture that maybe this older person is actually being oppressed and attacked by an enemy. They, they tangibly could be their property could be taken care of. Uh, you know, all their clothing could be ripped away, their food, all of these situations. They could be actually being threatened. Why do I say this? Because the evil Clearly, in, even in that context, they exploited the poor and they exploited the helpless. Like This would have been a context. Maybe this is an older person that doesn't have much. Okay, here's a little bit of a theory. Just run with me. Maybe, maybe, maybe this person could be a Levite. We're talking about the retirement age that you asked at the beginning of, the, you, know, at what ta- you know, what age is old? What age is retirement? If this is the case and he's a Levite, he's retired at the age of 50. Yes, that's where we're going to go with this whole thing. It was kind of strange that 's really funny it's <laughs> like we 've been doing this for a while or something <laughs> we 're learning anyway uh, you know Levi is twenty five to fifty years old. maybe his retirement age is at fifty. If that is the case, and he 's worried it 's a thought. Uh, you know maybe the evil ones are coming at him. The enemies are coming at him. maybe he doesn 't have a property, maybe he doesn't have any food maybe he's te- I, the point is lord i don 't I don't know where i 'm going to get my provision from anymore. It could be 50 years old. If you're like 50, that's considered old. Didn't say that. Rich did today. Thanks, Rich. That helped me out actually a lot. You're welcome. Anyway, I, I just think it's an interesting, like sometimes he just doesn't know where, where how are you going to help me get out of this situation? And so the Lord helps me now. All right, we're going to talk about this. How has all of us, you ready? We. I, I play this game at my house all the time. In fact, I just did this last night even. I don't say all the time, but we play this. I just say, okay, you guys, you got 10 seconds. You have to say one nice word about your sister. Ready, go. And then they have to think of something in 10 seconds. And it's pretty funny. Saylor always takes three words and combines it into one because she can't think of that, you know? All right, so we're going to do this 10 seconds. How has the Lord helped you now? Okay, ready? Five, we're going to do five seconds. Four, three, two, one. TJ, how has the Lord helped you now? Uh, Peace. Okay, that's good. Kevin? Finances. Okay. Praise the Lord. Rich. Provision. Almost the same in our house, but it wasn't the same. Praise the Lord. And I would say strength. So here's what's cool about this, you guys, is when you have this perspective that God is helping us now, it's because you're recalling he's done something in the past. Right? Fair statement. Which is where we want to go. Because look at this. In verse 5, you're going to see 5 through fifteen, five 5 through 13, uh, the Lord helped me in the past. When you realize... The Lord helps us now. You'll realize he's helped us in the past. And that's where people get in trouble. They forget all of these components. Is it a historical psalm? Absolutely not. But at the same time, the Lord helped me in the past. Uh, TJ, how would you say he's He's given you peace? What does that mean to you? He's got it. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I know he has it in control. And so I just lean on that to have peace. Yeah. Amen. And for me, I would say strength. The Lord's helped me now. He's like through the Holy Spirit. He allows me just to continue to one day at a time. I mean, and that, that really could mean revive school. Honestly, that could mean coaching basketball with six-year-olds on a half court that sometimes lose focus. <laughs> hey, check it out. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's like he gives me the strength. And why I think that's important is, is we got to continue to identify. Like, let's be the psalmist. Like, he says, He's my refuge. He's my rock. He's my fortress. Like, what is He? Who is He for us right now? Because now we're going to get into the Lord helped me in the past. And he says in verse 5, For you are my hope, Lord God, my confidence from my youth. So, from the very beginning, from the earlier days, right, the Lord has served as his confidence. The Lord has served as his hope. Since when? Since his youth. What an awesome picture of him realizing who God is in this process. He says in verse six, I've leaned on you from birth. You took me from my mother's womb. My praise is always about you. Do you guys see it? There it is again. Always. It's like this mentality of the way that you can overcome discouragement the way that you can overcome depression, the way that you can overcome loneliness. I really believe this, you guys. This is a key to addressing some of those situations maybe that you deal with in your own life is always look at what God has done in your past. In other words, count your blessings. In other words, Kevin, if you'll go to 1 Samuel 7, 12, let's identify the Ebenezer stone in our life. The no, Scripture says afterwards, Samuel took a stone. And he set it up right between Mitzbah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, explaining the Lord has helped us to this point. So here you have maybe, maybe a 50-year-old guy, maybe a Levite. I don't know. But he says, you're my refuge. You're my rock. You're my fortress. And he says, yeah, but you've been my hope and my confidence since the past. And like he's holding on to this as his Ebenezer uh, uh, marker. All right, guys, we got another five seconds. Okay. You ready for this? We're going to do it again. Uh, he has hope and confidence, just to give you a little bit of backdrop from the past. Five, four, three, two, one. Rich, how has he helped you in the past? What's your one word? Trust. Trust. Okay, mine is provision. So for me, when I think about how the Lord's helped me in the past, when I think of provision and I think about like, I mean, look, look what we're doing right now. Like, this is crazy. This TV we had, right? We had this for Revive Texas. You know, these cameras, I'm pretty sure, maybe not everything, but most of the stuff, Revive Texas. Uh, you know, this, this flame back here, Sylvan Esh from Indiana, he built this. He made this. He provided. God used Sylvan to provide for this. The lights behind it, a guy from northern Indiana came into the studio and saw it and said, hey, I'll, I'll help you with the lights. So like God has provided and like, even these lights, they weren't with Revive Texas, but he provided So he provides every step of the way. These pots that I'm looking at right now, we've had these pots since we started Time Revive, uh, you know, in our old offices in 2010. And like, it was a friend who owned a furniture store who said, take your truck, back it up to three storage units and take what you need. Like, to me, God has helped me in the past in the area of provision. And so when I hold on to that, that God's going to provide, then he helps me now, which is my strength, which I I can hold on to those things. Kevin, what was your word for the past? It was house. Uh, Just a couple times we've had the move since I've been married. And God always provided the house, even when it didn't look like it was possible. Now, here's what I love about why we we do this. Okay, I'm serious. If you go to verse 7, okay. Because of God helping him in the past, because of him being his hope and his confidence, because of the unknown rider with an old age, this person has become an ominous Am I saying that right? Um, Ominous? sign to many. Okay. But you are my strong refuge. You know what that means? I have become, um, people are noticing something in my life. But here's the deal. Why are they noticing it? Because it's God. Because of me seeing God's provision in my life, people might notice that. Kevin, your house. Well, God provided that. People might see that when they see that rich trust in you, they might see uh, that's different. When they see God's faithfulness in Tom's life, you might become a sign to many. Like my point is, like, this is kind of that, that imagery that, that I want to start seeing is just because of God, regardless of whatever is coming our way. It's, it's a wonder. I'm sign means a wonder. OK, so I've become a wonder to many. And it even is in referencing in this context the trials. So because of all the situations that I've been going through, like, hey, people are starting to notice like, ah, eh, this just seems weird, but yet God is getting them through this. That's why it's a wonder. You know, I don't I don't remember what Mike Swecker's line used to be, but it was kind of like the do you guys remember this? There was a sign that made you always awe and wonder. Remember that there was some kind of line he always had is basically he was saying, like the things that are in your life, people should wonder about. It should make them scratch their heads. And it's really because of God. In fact, I love what John MacArthur said. He said, people are truly amazed at this person's life. And now some, some would interpret, this is an interesting way to look at it, his trials that he's going through of God taking care of him. Some would take it as, well, God's punishing him either way you have to know that God is showing up and clearly making himself known in this situation. I mean, look at Moses and Aaron, you guys. Because of God working through their lives. In fact, let's just a little example. Exodus 7, verse 3. When you realize that it's God and not yourself, I mean, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Right? So how do the signs and wonders play out? Well, a lot of times it was through the hands of Moses and Aaron. Not all the time. Sometimes it was, but mo- most of the time it, it actually was. Right, go to Exodus 11, verse 9 as well. Please. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. God uses humans to show off of himself. Uh, One person wrote, Warren Wiersbe wrote, special people become signs to the nation. Uh, If you go to Isaiah 8, verse 18. Isaiah 8, verse 18. It says, here I am uh, with the children the Lord has given me to be signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of the hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. If you go to Zechariah 3, 8, Kevin. Zechariah 3, 8. Listen, Joshua, the high priest, uh, you and your colleagues sitting before you. Indeed, these men are a sign that I'm about to bring my servant, the branch. (laughs) As the Lord has helped you in the past, he's going to continue to use you, possibly to bring awe and wonder to him. And that's all I want to propose is by you realizing, by trusting in Him, by thanking Him and realizing the house or the faithfulness or the provision, like people might be like, what is going on there? That's when people start seeing God work. Can I just say, He needs more people that are willing. He needs more people that are willing to walk this thing out in faith, radically trust Him so that God can show off. Now, God can show off at any time, but He wants to use us as His vessels. In verse eight i'm in psalm seventy one scripture just says My mouth is full of praise and honor to you all day long rich there's uh one of the i think you prayed this didn't you yeah the the um i guess it's in 70, 72. no sorry verse twenty four says my tongue will tell of you righteous acts all day long and about praise too I just started thinking what would that look like if um, each day, each one of us—that's that's what we did all day long. Declared his praise and um, just his righteous acts. Uh, now, verse nine, he says, "Don't discard me in my full in my old age. As my strength fails, do not abandon me." In other words, God, uh, and I've heard older people say this, you guys—they feel like they, their time has passed. It's kind of like m- my calling is done. Maybe I can help somebody else. And, And the psalmist says, hey, don't discard me in my old age. Like my strength is failing, but don't abandon me. Verse 10, for my enemies talk about me and those who spy on me plot together. Verse 11, saying God has abandoned him, chase him and catch him. For there is no one to rescue him. God, here's what he's saying. God, do not be far from me. My God, hurry to help me. Sounds very, very similar to one of the Messianic Psalms. Uh, If you'll go there, Kevin, Psalm 22, verse 1. And not everything has to tie into the Messianic Psalm, but that language absolutely sounds like this My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? If you go back to verse 12 of Psalm 71, God, do not be far from me. My God, hurry to help me. May my adversaries be disgraced and destroyed. May those who seek my harm be covered with disgrace and humiliation. Do you remember what the verse one was of Psalm 71? What was he concerned about? Like, God, I don't ever want to be disgraced. I don't want to be shamed. May I find refuge in you? And now he says in verse 14, (laughs) I'm sorry, verse 13, he says, now I want that on them. The shame and the disgrace, go ahead, put it on my, put it on my enemies. So just to recap, here you have, right, an old, hallelujah, old man, right? The Lord, this is the process of an older person. The Lord, help me now. And He clearly says, You're my refuge, my rock, my fortune. The Lord, help me in the past. So He says, Here's my hope, you're my confidence. Since, since, since my youth, since you pulled me out of my mother's womb. And then He says in verses 14 through 21, Warren Wearsby summarizes it this way The Lord will help me in the future. And again, he uses a very similar language that he used in the past, which is okay. It's not like you have to come up with new words. And he says, but I will hope continually and will praise you more and more. In other words, I'm actually not going to stop. I'm not going to stop in this context. And he says, my my mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day long, though I cannot Sum them up. Verse 16, 16, he says, I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord God. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Scripture continues on. He says, God, you have taught me from my youth and I still proclaim your wonderful works. Don't you love this? Even as an older person, he's still testifying. I think sometimes as a ministry that helps um, really, really equip uh, folks, I think sometimes we always get this feel of like the older people are like, I'm not I don't have to go out and talk. I don't have to go out and share the gospel. Now, let's leave that to the younger people. I mean, there's some truth to equipping the younger people, but not to the point where what you see here is, man, he's still proclaiming this. In fact, he says since the very beginning and then he says in verse 18, even when I'm old and gray, God, do not abandon me. And then this is what he says. This is what I love. Then I will proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come. So the older is going to pass it on. But you know what this means? It means that he's been living it out. He's been praising God. He's been testifying. He's been reclaiming. And now I'm going to pass this on, which is really the Shema, which is really in Deuteronomy 6, right? Isn't this the picture of like, hey, pass this on to your kids so that your kids are doing this? Like, I don't know if it happens often, guys, but as parents... We get really excited when your kids do actually something that's of the Lord. And you're like, wow, did you get that from me? You know, kind of like you get you get excited, right? And so it's like they're modeling You're modeling and they see something and then all of a sudden it's being passed on or you're teaching them and they begin to do something like my daughter's word, Selah. Her word for this year is the word engage. Like she's 10, so it's not like the other engage. Like she wants to engage with people. She wants to talk to people about the gospel. She wants to love them with the love of Christ. And like, for me, it's kind of like, isn't that what we're all about? Passing this thing down to the next generation. So until you're dead, buried six feet under, your job is to always be passing this down to the next generation. I'll never forget Robert Coleman, a, a teacher mentor of mine when I was going to school. He said the one area that he wishes that the older generation would have done better in his era is that he wishes they would have passed the baton sooner. And I think that's sometimes what we do is, is as, as, as we get older, we like to still have control. It gives us a sense of importance, a sense of purpose, a sense of value. But the reality is, is that if we want this thing to continue on, you've got to actually release it sooner. And as you release it sooner, more than are empowered to proclaim the message so that they can do that for another generation as well. I just think it's a really unique picture. I mean, it's really 2 Timothy 2, 2, is it not? It's, it's the New Testament version of Psalm seventy one 18. 2 Timothy 2, 2, it just, it clearly says this, In what you've heard from me, in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This older person says, hey, the Lord is helping me now. The Lord has helped me in the past. The Lord's going to help me in the future. And as I'm doing this, I'm going to actually keep passing this down to somebody else. And that's really the end goal. And this is really a powerful message of discipleship. When you look at that verse in verse 18, we could hang out there for quite a while, but we're going to wrap this thing up. Verse 19, your righteousness reaches heavens. God, you have done great things. God, who is like you? Verse 20. You caused me to experience many troubles and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. You will bring me up again, even from the depths of the earth. In other words, you know what that means? God, I know what you've done in the past. I know you can do it again. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Some of us are such in a hole right now. You can't even see the light. I want you to hold on to the past. I want you to hold on to how he's gotten you through. I want you to say, God, how can you help me now? But yeah, I need you to understand he can do it again. He can get you out of this uh, this situation. In verse 22, he says, Therefore, I will praise you with a harp for your faithfulness. My God, I will sing to you with a lyre, O holy one of Israel. Uh, this, this is that phrase, just so you know, that holy one of Israel mentality. Like it's only three times in the Book of Psalms is that referenced, but then over thirty times is it referenced in Isaiah. So like, make note of this. What he's saying is he's reflecting on God's righteousness, and therefore, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness all day long. There it is again. That always, that all day long, for those who seek my harm will be disgraced and confounded. It's a cool picture, isn't it? A full circle. Of uh, he didn't want to be shamed. He asked his enemies to be shamed. But oh, by the way, uh, it's the Lord doing the work, the whole process. Young or old, we can always look to him. It's a great picture. Whether you're 30, 50, 70, 40, 38, 39, 22, 16, 8. We all have a lot to learn. And we are never too old to learn. All right, guys, have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.